Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who's taken the time to listen to this podcast so far. But if I could just ask one small favour. If you're enjoying the episodes, please can you rate the podcast and leave a small review. This will help so much in spreading the word about it to others. And if you aren't already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get a notification as soon as a new episode is released. As always, thank you so much for lending me your ears. It really is appreciated. My guest this week is Sess Adjumang. Sess is a father to three boys, Israel, aged five, and twins, Isaiah and Micah, aged four. On the face of it, this sounds like he has his hands full. But when you add in the fact that he's married and living with his wife, Scylla, and the twins, and that Israel is his son from a previous relationship, you really start to understand just how full his hands really are. I've known Sess for a while now, and we even work together on a lot of the content creation that you guys see on my Instagram page. Despite this, we've never really sat down and had a proper conversation about certain aspects of his fatherhood journey until now. In our chat, we discussed his upbringing and how an unusual family dynamic that he discovered later in life affected his thinking on family. How some wise words from his older sister was the thing that he needed to take his responsibilities seriously and how he manages his current parenting slash co-parenting setup. Our conversation was open, honest, and at one point, it even gets emotional. I'm really grateful for Sess opening up to me in such a way, and I think you guys are going to love this conversation. So here it is, episode seven of the Diary of a Dad podcast with my good friend, Sess Adjumang. How are you, Sess? <laughs> I'm not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thank you for, for, for joining yeah. me this morning. Very excited. Thank you for having for... me, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very excited for this chat. So just for a, a bit of background, for those that don't know, Sess and I have been working together for, what, maybe... How long has it been now? A couple of years now? Is it is it that long already? It feels like it's just... Was it feels it... like it has been a long time, to be fair, but I think it's only probably just over... A maybe a year, year, maybe. Okay, a year. maybe. A year. To be fair, my whole timeline of everything over the last few years <laughs> is is very heavily skewed. Lockdowns messed with my brain and and all of Literally, that. Side we've of lost things. two years without even realizing. So that that's doesn't it. Help. Okay, well, yeah. we know we definitely weren't working together during lockdown because nobody was yeah, allowed yeah, to do yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So coming out of lockdown, when we could all get together, um, Sess and I, um, along with his beautiful wife Scylla, we ended up. Uh, working together on a lot of the the content that I do so a lot of the ad campaigns that you guys see on my Instagram the ones where you you shower my praises with how amazing it looks (laughs) I cannot take any credit this is the guy behind the camera um so yeah so we'll we'll get a bit more into um into you and your business and and kind of what you do um but yeah just wanted to kind of set the scene there and also Sess is the well i'm gonna call you the creative director behind the diary of a dad podcast artwork <laughs> cover <laughs> me with my famous thinking face <laughs> every time i see a new a new episode come out and i see it i'm like yeah, yeah we, i did we that. done that yeah. <laughs> amazing so yeah so there I we go it. that's that's the scene so despite sort of spending all of this time working together obviously we've got to know each other on a on a professional level and, and somewhat on a personal level but yeah i was just really excited to kind of have this chat because you know we, we've talked in snippets about fatherhood um yeah yeah, yeah. and our, our respective journey so far but I, I think there's a really interesting conversation um to be had so what i'm going to do is i'm going to take it right the way back i do this with all of my guests where we go back to the beginning essentially so okay. what was life like for a young Sess growing up? Um, life, it feels like such a long time ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I, I guess it was pretty simple back in, the, back in the days. It was pretty simple. It was myself. So I'm the young, second youngest of, let me count now, five siblings, six siblings, actually. Is it six okay. siblings? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> let me get that correct. <laughs> 
Yeah, five, five of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, second youngest of five siblings is, is a lot of us. Um, all brothers and then one sister. Okay. Um, me, the eldest actually lives in America. So I've actually never grew up with him. It's only sort of recent years that I started to kind of like meet him. We've been over there a few, once, one, uh, once a few years back and he's come across here as well for sort of milestones like weddings and stuff like that. Um, but growing up, it was myself, mum and dad, younger brother uh, and two older siblings, older brother and older sister. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess it was pretty normal, pretty normal life for the majority of my childhood, I would say, um, sort of growing up, it was normal, you know, mum and dad worked pretty much every single day, um, from what I can remember, to be fair. Um, I went to the same primary school as my brother. It was like the age gap between myself and my younger brother, um, in comparison to my older two siblings, um, it's quite big. There's quite a big uh, age gap. There's about 10 odd years, more than 10, 10 plus years to be fair. Mm. I, I guess we'll probably get onto that at a later stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for, for a lot of it, it did feel like it was just myself, and my younger brother, um, just sort of growing up together as we do. Um, we grew up in a cancer estate. Um, so it was running around, playing run outs outside, sort of from a very young age, just kind of like fending for ourselves, it felt like to be fair. Um, so that's, I guess that's in terms of childhood where it where it all began. If I'm being completely honest, that's kind of. And you guys were you you were London. You're sort of like born and bred in London. Yeah, so South London. Um, yeah. So I say we're so born and bred, raised in Mitcham. I don't. Whenever I tell people that, no one really knows where that is though. Yeah. So uh-huh. I have to kind of like say, yeah, you, yeah, I'm sure you, you probably do, you know, but. A lot of people that I, I mentioned Mitchum to are like, sorry, where? So I kind of mentioned neighboring towns like Croydon, for example. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, 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 Croydon. I know Croydon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, so- the, the out of towners that don't really know that, that their London geography. I, I used to be one of them, but now I'm, I'm a little bit more clued up on, on where everything is. Um, yeah. Okay. So you've got, so as you mentioned there, you, you know, you've got. Um, a couple of siblings fairly well one sibling that's that's close in age and then yeah. others that are, are slightly older and we've yeah. spoken about this on on the podcast quite a few times with, with different guests who have sort of varying circumstances where you know there are those those larger age gaps yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah the common theme is that i don't really remember much about you know no. my, my siblings you know whether they no. be older and, or you know younger what? It's like saying it now, I hope they don't listen to this podcast because it's like, whenever whenever I do say that, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Because I, you know, as I mentioned, for example, my parents worked pretty much, I think from what I can remember, like two, three jobs each right. um, when we were younger. So a lot of the parenting, from what I can remember, again, this is all going off just stories I've been told, mm. um, don't remember it much, but a lot of responsibilities did fall on my older sister to sort of take up the parenting role. Right. So she spent a lot of her sort of, I guess, early age, um, early teens looking after us whilst mm. our parents were at work. So whenever I do say, do you know, no idea. Remember. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> I can understand why she gets offended. <laughs> She's like, I did all of that for you. You're so ungrateful. <laughs> but it's it's funny, isn't it? Those memories. I was talking to someone about this yesterday, and she was saying that she gets challenged a lot about why she takes her young children on holiday to places that they won't remember. And I was saying to her that I feel that in this day and age where we can capture everything so easily, that yeah, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. the memories yeah. are, I'm not saying we do, you know, obviously we did have cameras and ways of doing it when we were kids. We're not that old, it's different, but though, isn't it? yeah. it's very different. You know, I think it, families, yeah, yeah, yeah. families weren't documenting, you know, everyday life in the way that it happens yeah. today. Yeah. So, yeah. I look at, you know, my young kids and the, the memories that they have of trips that we've been on yeah. are so vivid. And that's, you know, because they yeah. look back at the videos and the at pictures. The videos, and, exactly. You know, so um, hopefully your sister won't, uh, won't, won't be too <laughs> offended <laughs> by that. So that, that dynamic then was, must have been quite interesting because clearly, you know, as you said, you've got mum and dad who are, who are working multiple jobs and, yeah. you know, essentially just working hard to... To, to keep food on the table, a Literally, roof over your yeah. heads. And did that, did, do you think that you sort of appreciated the the work that was going on by your parents at the time? Did you appreciate just the level of work that they were doing? Or is it something that you've kind of got grown to appreciate as you yeah, got older? Yeah, abs- absolutely not. Mm. No, no. It was something that I guess, 
I don't know if it's um, it's a like a cultural thing or traditional thing, but the way my parents are. So I'm I'm born I'm from Ghana. Um, mm-hmm. So um, parents are born uh, born in Ghana. Sort of come, came over here to sort of you know find a new life, should we say? Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they operated, from what I from what I've like learned as I'm sort of gotten older myself and asked a few questions, they kind of crack on as if everything's fine. Mm-hmm. So they never really open up about anything that's going on or if there's any sort of financial issues. It's more so like just sort of dealt with on a high level between mum and dad and don't really let anyone else within the family or friends kind of know what's going on. Mm. Just kind of crack on. So I think growing up, I never really, it didn't sort of sink in that my parents were working multiple jobs because, you know, finances were difficult. Mm. And props to them, I guess it's because they kind of didn't make it feel that way. Yeah. It wasn't like I was being sent to school and like I, I was lacking anything, for example, or friends had certain things I never had. They kind of, growing up, like now I'm, I'm, I'm a dad myself. I'm like, Jesus, you lot literally made it work. How you did it, I have no idea, but you made it work. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't until, um, I guess I got to a certain age where I guess you can't, that sort of parenting, method, um, method of parenting doesn't work anymore because I'm a bit clued up now. I can ask, I'm asking questions, I'm seeing things now. And I can kind of read the room a bit better. Yeah. So it's only at that age I started to understand that, hold on a sec, that doesn't make sense. And why are you doing X and what's going on over here? Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I started realizing, oh, God, like, wow, yeah, they, you guys were making huge sacrifices that I weren't aware of. I'm sure my my brother wasn't aware of, but potentially my older siblings, they were a bit older. So they probably, no, they, I'm sure they definitely knew a bit more about what was going on. So, yeah, I think it's only... Most more recent years that I have kind of started to appreciate the stuff that was going on back then. Yeah, and have you ever yeah. had have you ever had a conversation with your your parents about that? And sort of now is in in adult life, or do you think oh, that that gosh. sort of that thing has kind of continued where we don't really speak about what what life was like so much back uh, then? <laughs> a bit of, a bit of both. I'll say so. I've started to mm-hmm. uh, I started to like ask a few questions here and there. I mean. I'll give you, like, I won't, I won't go into too much detail, but I'll give you one example of like how kind of probing went. So one day uh, I was living at home, but I'd kind of just finished uni, got my first uh, corporate job. So, I've, you know, I feel like I'm the, I'm the man now. Now I'm doing, <laughs> doing my thing. I'm on a salary. Um, and one day I came home from work um, and I saw a payslip. Well, now I know it was a I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was a letter. You know, I went to where the letters were on the table and I saw um, a letter that had been opened. And it was a kind of, I didn't go, I wasn't probing, it was open. So I just mm. kind of just saw what, what was on there. And it was actually my mum's payslip. Mm. Um, and the number shocked me because it was really low, mm. if I'm being completely frank. And I remember just kind of feeling like, what, like, how? Mm. <laughs> I've literally just finished uni and I've kind of got a job and I'm making a lot more than this. Like, how is this physically possible? And I, I remember at that point, I kind of felt quite a few different emotions at the time. I felt upset, of course, because I'm like, you know, what's, what's, like, well, how are you surviving off of this? And at the same time, I kind of felt angry. You know, I hope you, like, I can explain that because I kind of felt like, why, you know, why are you settling for this kind of figure, mm-hmm. um, knowing what we're going through? Um, so mm-hmm. I kind of like, you know, every, all the sort of struggles were coming back and I'm thinking, well, Clearly, this is why we're struggling. You're not applying yourself. It's like that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it was now looking back, it was stupid of me. But cut a long story short, I remember just sort of asking her about it one day. Um, a couple of days after, I just kind of got a, plucked up the courage to just speak to her about that. Because, of course, it's not, it's not my business. But I thought, you know what, let me just ask. Mm-hmm. And she literally kind of gave me one of them, like, them African responses. She's like, hmm. <laughs> uh, my, my traditional name is Coffee. Okay. Um, so she calls me she calls me Ko or Coffee for like Coffee or Ko for short K O. So she's like Ko, have a seat. And I was like, okay. And me and my mom don't have these kind of talk, talks at all. So for her to kind of say have a seat, I'm like, whoa, I'm about to be taught something that or told something that you know could be life changing or whatever. But she was like, so she kind of just basically um, just started telling me about herself as a you know young woman when she came to the country of all the aspirations she had etc 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 um she was doing pretty well for herself and then she fell pregnant um with her uh, i think it was her second child at the time mm-hmm. right um so she meant she was going through the base taking me through the journey of herself having to kind of like constantly i guess find herself or find her feet after having children right so kind of balancing that role that traditional role of like being a traditional stay-at-home mom at the time because this is like back in the i don't know 80s maybe mm-hmm. 
um, while still trying to pursue the dream she had when she first came to the country. Um, and if, so going back to the age gap between uh, my two older siblings and myself and my younger brother, um, at that point, obviously, there's a big gap. So between the two older siblings, she's still trying to find her feet. She's doing X, Y, and Z. And at the point where she fell pregnant with me is actually when she had to drop everything she was doing and actually go part-time right. with what she was doing to allow herself to be able to you know, take care of myself, then my younger brother, do the, uh, the nursery runs, pick me up after school, mm. after school clubs, etc. So essentially what she was saying is that I made sacrifices for you mm. and took that pay cut, which is what you're now looking at on the table. Yeah. And at that point there, I literally could have just cried. I could have burst out crying. Because mm. it was like, that kind of like, was like, um, for the first time, I'd kind of started to understand, you know, going back to your question about you saying, did you understand what was going on when, you know, when you was young? No, that was probably one of the first, and that wasn't long ago. That was probably, say, five years ago. Right. I had that conversation with my mum. Mm. So at that point, it kind of, you know, I started to have a whole different kind of love and appreciation for what was going on and what my parents had done for me. So, yeah. That's a, a, a fascinating story. And I think what it says to me is that, I mean, clearly there's a an age that you can sit down and have a conversation with your child about, it. you know, we don't want to yeah, burden yeah. Our, our young children with, you know, talk of finances and struggles and all of those sorts of things. But clearly yeah. that was that moment where it was just appropriate for your mum to yeah, sit yeah, you yeah. down and, and, and have that conversation. Knowing that then, and uh, where that was at that stage in your life, did that already start to shape your thinking around maybe having your own family one day? I mean, was it something that you genuinely thought about or, you know, was it, was it just not a thought for you? No, if I'm being honest, it wasn't like, it wasn't. So I guess I, to be, to be able to understand why I guess it wasn't, I kind of have to keep building a picture. So mm. the two, three older siblings that I do have, again, new information about the fact that we actually didn't share the same dad. Right. Um, only came about again in my older years. Like not, I didn't know this growing up at all. Mm. So I had no idea that they were step um, siblings because we weren't told that. Me and my younger brother weren't told that. They obviously knew that, but we were bought, uh, sort of raised as one whole unit and not to made that, you know, not to feel that we were half brothers and sisters or, or step siblings. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess getting older and kind of having to like constantly learn new things about my family kind of, I guess, distracted me from thinking about having my own. It was like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on here at home first. I, just so much new information that I'm coming into um, in my early 20s that I, you know, my mind was nowhere near thinking about, oh, being a dad or getting married. I'm still trying to figure out what it's like to be a sibling in a household of like, so many different scenarios, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That that definitely makes sense. And I think that's that's the thing. Everyone's situation and circumstances are so different. Like you've just got those people that just know that they want to be a dad, and yeah. And I find that large. And again, even then, there's not any consistency between it because there's some that were raised in what you'd call very traditional households uh, with the, you know, a normal mum, dad setup. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of the, the image that they had. So that's what they wanted to be. They, they had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you had others where there were parents, mum or dad that maybe have been absent. And as a result of that, they wanted to almost overcompensate and have yeah, their own yeah, family yeah, yeah, so yeah. that they could do that. Or as you say, you've got, you know, situations like yourselves where actually there's just so much going on that, it's just not something that's a, a, a thought in your mind. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a really useful kind of background and almost setting the scene, you know, in, yeah. in terms of where you, where your family um, sort of background sits, but clearly you did become <laughs> a father at, at some point. <laughs> um, otherwise we, we wouldn't be having this, this conversation. And it seems Absolutely. as though the gap, it seems as though the gap probably isn't, as long as you think, you know, you said it wasn't on yeah, your mind. Yeah, no, at all. But yeah, then, no, not at we're talking what a matter of like a few years before. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a few years. I've probably got three years from that sort of point in my life. Yeah. Um. So yeah, again, that's like, so like painting a picture. I think definitely helps even me kind of go through this journey. I think it's um, you know, this thing where I guess like it's like 
faith-wise, as I was saying that, you know, you, when, when you make a plan, God laughs. Mm. So I guess in my head, I had a plan of like what I wanted to do. Kind of like when I was younger, I kind of had a plan of like marriage and kids would come like sort of 35, 40, maybe sort of right. like, <laughs> uh, yeah, mid thirties. So that was the plan I had, I guess, just growing up without actually knowing what it's, what it takes to grow a family or be married or stuff like that. But um, so, yeah, I guess at that point in my life, I was, so after uni or throughout uni, so for example, I was, I was seeing my elder son's mum throughout uni. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were together for quite a few years um, and it was through that relationship that actually my elder son was born, um, Israel. So who mm-hmm. he, he's five, he's actually, he's, he turned five in April. Um, so yeah, he was literally the, the person that sort of gave me the grace of being a dad. Um, I can say that now, but I guess at the time, that's not how I felt. If I'm being, com- I can be completely <laughs> transparent at all. That's I what mean, this podcast is all about. We, we, yeah, we, yeah. we talk about it all and we, we, keep, it, we keep it real. How, so how was it when you, when you found uh, out ben, then? Ben, that question will never get old, man. <laughs> I mean, so again, painting pictures, because that's what I like to do, because without, without context, nothing makes sense. So of course, um, we were together for a long time. Um, and, we, the relationship was absolutely, it was lovely. She was a lovely woman. We were still friends today. Absolutely lovely woman. Um, it just got to a point after uni, for example, um, where I kind of just started to have a lot more deeper chats with my older brother. Um, and he was just asking me certain things um, every now and then about you know, finances, friends. And I guess one day he did ask me actually, um, you know, have you ever thought about marriage? Mm-hmm. And I was like, marriage? Like, no, bro. Like, just finished uni. What are you talking about? Like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of brushed that conversation off, but it never left my mind. It never left my mind. I kind of just started thinking about marriage and what it means to be married in that, you know, long story short, I won't go into too much detail, but I guess through that question, it made me question a lot of things about myself, um, within myself and within our, our friendship. So, you know, it just came to a situation where I kind of found myself thinking this long term, I don't see this happening if that makes any sense. Um, so it was a clear conversation that I had um, with my older son's mum at the mm-hmm. time. So we decided to go our separate ways. It was actually at that point where I'd say a couple of days from that sort of that, that agreement where we actually fell pregnant with Israel. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... We, yeah, so it completely threw things off. Um, we still didn't know that obviously, of course, we, we were pregnant with Israel. We'd kind of gone our separate ways. And then that then came to light, if that makes right. any sense. Yeah. 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 Um, so you, what yeah. you were saying there about when, when you make a plan, God laughs, that was he laughs. literally, that he was literally, literally the, chuckles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the definition That's it. of that. So, so that is exactly how I sort of came into obviously knowing I was going to be a dad. And at that point, I am 20, let's say, what, 20, 25, I think it is. Okay. 24, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and to paint the picture, I am nowhere near ready to be a dad at this point. I literally don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow, the next day, mm-hmm. what I did yesterday, yet alone looking after another human being. Um, so I think the first reaction was just panic. I just, it was shock. It was, um, do you know what, if I'm being honest, what, it, what, it, what the main feelings that I felt was a bit of, um, disappointment in myself because I knew I literally, all I could see was my childhood playing out again. Right. So going back to the story I told you about, of course, me having five siblings or being siblings of five, four other siblings, but, um, the eldest three being from a different dad. Right. And that wasn't an issue until it came to light that their dad was out there and then he came back into their lives. That's when actually the dynamic of my family kind of started to fall apart from being completely Mm -hmm. transparent. Mm -hmm. Um, So being told that I'm potentially going to be in a situation where I'm co-parenting and my son isn't going to have like a solid father figure at home. Mm. that, That was the main thing that was throwing me off completely. That was like what I was detesting against um happening because i just i knew the sort of i guess the consequences of not consequences i don't well, you know well you'd, I mean. s- you'd seen the potential i guess of how that could, yeah how it could clearly it can work as, as oh know, yeah absolutely we'll go yeah. On to show but you you had had first-hand experience of yeah 
the disruption and absolutely you know, the, the frustration that that caused. So I think, yeah. that was only, I think that's only natural that you would have felt that way. Yeah. 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 So that was my initial, initial thoughts. I mean, I, I hate telling the story, but I feel like I, I want to be able to say that confidently, not only to people out there, but to my kids as well. So they can understand a lot more than I understood growing up. So there's no confusion when they do grow up and sort of go into the world and they can understand that it's okay to have certain emotions and then you go through a process of processing those emotions and you come out the other side. Um, So yeah. Because you hear of so many fathers who, you know, freak out, um, you know, because of that situation and they, you know, they literally do a runner, for example, and, you know, and and never seen again. So (laughs) I think there's, I think, as you say, I think there is some value in, in actually having that conversation and knowing that, yeah, it's, it's okay for things not to work out, but, it's how yeah. you react, how you react to it that is Absolutely. the most, most important thing. So then because of having those those feelings, do you remember much about sort of that initial pregnancy and the, the, the sort of early stages of that? I mean, did you were you guys getting on at this point? Were you No. Um no. <laughs> we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> so we no, at the time we we weren't getting on. Um mm. so the, so again context to this to the scenario um the gap in which when we sort of parted ways and then i found out that we were pregnant with israel was actually just under six months right so when i did find out that's kind of when that's how far into the pregnancy we what we were and i didn't know it. i had no idea wow. no contact with her at this point no idea of this of you know this information at this point um, so that was all new to me, but whilst that had, no, whilst that's all going on, on, on her side, of course, I'm sort of going on with my life, um, which is where then I had kind of already known Silla, but that's when me and Silla obviously started to get a bit more serious. Um, uh, and then of course we fell pregnant with twins. <laughs> I mean, I've, that, let, I've, I've, I've let you explain it because we were going to get into yeah. how it's a very unusual yeah. dynamic but that kind yeah. of that kind of sets that kind of sets the yeah, scene. yeah 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 you've gone from not really sure about family you know being a dad marriage none of that's on the cards to now no. suddenly you're you know yeah. that you're now six months pregnant with one yeah and you're now in a new relationship and and expecting twins and expecting twins wow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was yeah. going through your head at this time ben? I would need to, I would need a dictionary to to fit to find the words to describe how I felt at the time. Honestly, I I just felt lost. Yeah, I just felt lost. I guess like if there was it, I guess any so so I guess the way I felt obviously had I think play was um a big part of my upbringing because mm. all I all I all I could all I could go off was what I know, yeah. which wasn't the greatest um experience growing up you know when I was younger you know really young it was and then as I got older I started to understand those cracks so all I could go off was oh my oh like I'm literally about to repeat this whole cycle Cycle. Mm. like there's nothing I could have done to avoid well of course in the past but at that point it's like how on earth have I found myself in the exact same cycle that I've I've been trying to avoid since Mm -hmm. finding this whole thing out Mm -hmm. um I guess you know another another guy who had has maybe been brought up in a completely different way to myself and have a different outlook on parenting and and upbringing and children would have probably dealt with it completely different. But I was literally just I was all over the place. I didn't I was you know playing the blame game, mm-hmm. trying to like sort of deflect uh, responsibilities and you know because I, I weren't ready. Long story short, I just I weren't ready at the time. I was not ready at the time at all. Um, it was literally, as you, as you, as you, as you said, it was overnight. It wasn't a thing of like, you know, over a span of a couple of years, I've had to sort of grow into the role. It was literally one day I'm this young guy kind of running around time. Like I'm literally just out club. I used to work, uh, as, as an estate agent. Um, so I used to work Monday, it's Monday, to, uh, Monday to Saturday, 8.30 in the morning till seven o'clock at night, pretty much every day. And in between that, I'd be out partying every single, I, like I was just, a lad just out here yeah. having fun do you know yeah. what I mean so to go from that to now talking about being a father to three young children I, I had no idea where to start um and I guess this is where I do always pay homage to my sister because uh, again the age gap in 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 myself and her is 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 about 10 years so she was able to sit me down 
And she just said one, she, all she said, she, she gave me one clear chat. It was a simple chat, nothing, no, nothing fancy, but I think it was what gave me the wake up that I needed. Mm. And all she said was, look, coffee, I know what you're going through is, is crazy. It's, I know, I, like, it's easier said than done, but you have two options here. You could literally carry on as you are, playing the blame game and saying X, Y, and Z did X, Y, and Z, and you, you know, you, you have no role to play in what's going on, or you can just decide to just step up. It's as simple as that. I know it sounds simple, but all, you can just decide today, do you know what? Whatever life's going to throw at you, you're going to step up and and play that role that is required of you and take, you know, and I guess be accountable, take, like hold yourself accountable for the actions that you've obviously gone out in the world and done. Mm. And that was it. Similar to, I guess, my response to when my brother asked me about marriage, I brushed it off. I brushed that same thing off, but it never left my mind. And I kept thinking about that. And I think it wasn't until that point, I didn't really know there was a, that was an option about, you know, because in my head it was just like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm I don't want to swear. I'm effed. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm effed basically. Like, cause in my head, the only outcome is what I've, what I'm used to. Yeah. But when she mentioned that, you know, there's another way you can just step up. I know it sounds so simple, but that's all I kind of needed to hear to understand that. Oh, shit. it's true. I can actually change the narrative here. I don't have to play the same course that my life took. And that was it. It wasn't as easy as that, but that's where it started. That's where it started. And I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask about, you know, was there anyone around that you, you were sort of able to speak to? And it's, it's interesting where that source of, you know, wisdom, guidance comes from. Yeah. You know, um, for that to be your older sister that kind of just did that, I guess, you know, yeah. obviously she loves you. She wanted to see you win. She didn't want to see you kind of, you know, repeating yeah, that cycle. Yeah. Outside of your sister, then, did you have any, were there any sort of other fathers around that you could speak mm. to that you had those conversations with about, about fatherhood? None. Mm. None. And I'm not even exaggerating to say, oh, there was maybe one, there was none. Yeah. None. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so again, context. So I haven't really mentioned him much, but my dad. Um, so he, of course, was in the picture for majority of my life growing up um him uh he he and my mum actually they separated they divorced um but there must be something about Mitchum that everyone loves because he didn't leave Mitchum. so he, <laughs> he, he, was, he was local so if although there was a complete dynamic change I wasn't I'm not great with ages but I was in years I was in year nine when that happened okay however old I was I couldn't tell you but I was in year nine and my younger brother was in year seven when that happened um, and the way it happened, um, one minute they were, they, so as we got older, we started to see the cracks and the cracks were a lot of arguing in the house, constant mm -hmm. bickering, arguing, constant, constant. What about to this day? I don't really even know, but it was probably just constant just the, Probably just the stresses of life. And yeah, like you said, yeah, with, yeah. you know, with yeah. working multiple jobs and yeah. you know, multiple yeah. children, that alone, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> could be one thing and without it. without anything else that you know may have may or that may not have been going on in their lives. So true, so true, so true. Um, but yeah, so they 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 went their separate ways, um, and then so another thing. So we that wasn't really communicated to us as children. You know, we didn't actually understand what was happening there. Uh, mm -hmm. We were just kind of like, I would like to I would like to even say we were told that we, they had separated. We weren't even told that. Right. It was just he wasn't he wasn't living anymore. Simple as that. You know where he lives now, so you can kind of like do your thing. Yeah. He literally was about 15 minutes away. So it was a thing of like, we had to take our own initiative. So we kind of had a routine where we'd go to school, finish school. Me and my brother would link up, we'll catch the bus to his house, chill there for a bit and then go home. Mm. And then we just kind of continue doing that, continue doing that. And then that kind of st stopped. Main reason being, because every, every when we went there, all he was doing was bickering about how... <laughs> Like how he didn't, how he didn't get off my mum. <laughs> so it just felt like he was like, we were just using, he was using us as like soundboards to like vent. Right. So I guess like over time we kind of was like, you know, that. that's long. I'm going home after school these days. So we went, we started going home. Um, and I will fast forward a couple of years. Long story short, he had a stroke. My father had a stroke. Um, he had a stroke. And then from that point there, it was kind of downhill in terms of health for him. Right. Um, so we had a, uh, an acute stroke at the time. Um, 
again, this is like me having to ask like uncles and aunties kind of what happened. No one really specifically told me what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I've, like, what I gathered. Um, and then from there, like I mentioned, it spiraled there. So then he started to um, develop signs of dementia. Um, and I don't want to make myself sound, myself sound silly, but I didn't even know what that was until he was diagnosed with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't know. I don't know. didn't know what dementia was. Um, so we used to get phone calls um, during school, like from like aunties and stuff, just saying, oh, like, can you, I've just seen your dad, like kind of like wandering around, like, yeah, just wandering around neighboring towns and like just explaining that he looks lost and can you give him a shout? So that went on for a while and then he started to actually like lose his keys and stuff like that. Yeah. And all of this is happening. We didn't, I just, I was very quite, angry at the time because I certain things that like he would call and I'd have to leave my I'd have to leave school sometimes mm-hmm. to go and let him into his property and I'm just like dad like come on you're a grown man like, I haven't got time for this I'm in school mm-hmm. like get your head together and then it was like again fast forward into when um an auntie had kind of got involved and then sort of took took him to the hospital and then that's where the whole diagnosis started happening and then I was told that's what he has and then I was still like what on earth is that started doing my research and I'm like oh that's okay this is this this is a bit scary Mm -hmm. um so yeah it got to a point then again fast forwarding um a few years down the line I guess from that point it was actually one of a few years it was quite a short period of time where we found out he had 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 dementia um but then he wasn't able to uh, sort of live by himself anymore so the other option was to go into a care home mm. um, so for the majority of his life I actually remember sort of more so in the care home All right. not really the dad that he probably knew he was raising myself and the family when I was younger mm. so when I was going through all of this stuff the one I would turn to was like you know I, I couldn't yeah, you know, I'd go, I'd go and visit him, and I, I, I couldn't have a conversation about yeah. about this stuff. Um, so yeah, that was quite hard at the time. Friends wise as well, everyone sort of around my age group was running around just having fun. Yeah, so it wasn't like anyone sort of um, was ready to have the conversation about what I need to do now that I'm about to be a dad. Uh, my mom as well; she's a very quiet woman, very reserved. And I guess very traditional. So in a sense of like, as opposed to, I guess, cause I'm a guy, she kind of just feels like I'll just, I'll figure it out. That's, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the, the vibe I, I get off my mum. I get, I think yeah. she kind of feels like, you know what? Sess is fine. She never, she, she, I even call her sometimes these days. I'm like, oh, I'm like where, where have you been? Like, why don't you check on me? She's like, you're, I know, I know you're fine. Like I see your post on Facebook. I see your, I see your, your little, you're, you're doing your, you're, you seem fine. Like you don't know, you need to check. And, and that's the vibe I've got of her for as long as I can remember. So yeah, father figures at the time, non-existent. Just like no absolutely non-existent. Yeah. None. Like, like to the point where to even touch on it, like I kind of even like, that's why I'm grateful I had my sister because friends at the time, their responses to the situation weren't helping. It was more yeah. negative than anything. It was like, Oh, bro, like you're, you're f- bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, if I'm being completely transparent and it's like, that's no help. So yeah, none at all. And I think, yeah, it, I think it's interesting when you, you want, you want people sometimes to just give you either, not even necessarily reassurance, but, you know, talk you through things in a way that's, you know, yeah, grown yeah. up that feels as though it's, you know, pr- productive conversation. And I guess sometimes that can be disappointing, but that, as you say, that was a different stage of your, your friend's lives. So, yeah, absolutely. you know, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's kind of why that, that wasn't happening. Um, so then let's talk arrivals because all of this is happening in very quick succession. Yeah. <laughs> You've got Israel that arrives first. And yep. how was that now? Because obviously, yeah, it had been a shock to you and, and all that, yeah. but he, he arrives. He arrives what, what, now. Do you, so, what do you remember that time period being like? So at that point, again, still pretty much trying to figure things out from on my side of things mentally, just trying to wrap my head around the fact that I'm about to be a dad. Um, but of course now we've kind of gotten over the hurdle of like me playing the blame game and X, Y, and Z. So like I'm in constant communication with, um, with um, his mum um about what's happening but one thing I, I still like wish I could change now is that I weren't 
going to like any appointments. I weren't visiting, and I weren't I weren't there to kind of understand what it, what a woman goes through mm. at that stage of life. Um, it wasn't until the actual day um, that uh, that her mum, so Israel's grandma, uh, sort of gave me a call um, and said, "Look, today's the day. Can you come down? This is the hospital that we're at." And I said, yeah, of course. So me and my mum, I remember she came with me because my mum and and her mum at the time, they were quite cool. They were quite, they were quite cool. For, you know, they got, they got on, even mm-hmm. though we had kind of gone our separate ways, they were still kept in contact. Um, so that was quite helpful. That was quite nice. Um, so yeah, I remember sort of, I, remember, I, I it was in North London. So I'm in South London. They were in North London. I still remember the drive vividly. I kind of remember like not knowing how to feel. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was, there was so many mixed emotions, so many mixed emotions. I was still a bit angry with myself, angry at the situation. But now I, now I look back, it wasn't anger, it was fear. It wasn't anger. It was just mm-hmm. fear. Like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I even going to the hospital to do at this point? I know that my child is born, but still that actually doesn't really mean anything to me because it's not real yet. I haven't been going to appointments. I haven't been like, you know, feeling kicks and a bump. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember just kind of going there and holding him and yeah kind of, I, I guess at that point that's when I kind of felt t- tensions kind of drop yeah I was just like wow like he's here <laughs> yeah but I also remember being a bit of a weird situation because even though I felt like that the ego in me couldn't let that be seen it's so strange mm-hmm. so I'm in the I'm in the, in the you know in the room the cubicle with um his mum my mum and her mum and up until that point, they kind of know the vibe that I've been on. I've been like very like kind of like submissive, um, like not involved, put it that yeah. way. But at this point, my whole demeanor has actually changed inside. Like I felt like, oh my God, like my dad, this is my child. I felt proud. I felt all of those good things, but I just couldn't let it be known externally. It was like a big ego kind of shield I had up. Mm. Um, so yeah. Very, it was a very, very strange moment in my life. Very strange. And I mean, it, that makes sense because I think there's a connection that a father has with a child. Yeah. And they've witnessed the pregnancy, you know, from yeah, beginning yeah, yeah, to yeah, end. Yeah. You, you can't underestimate that. You mentioned some of the little milestones there, the appointments, the kicks, the, you know, Absolutely. just being around the, the, the mother of the child and, and sort of seeing that firsthand. So yeah. with that missing, I guess there, there was that. But it, I mean, you know, and it sounds even by your own admission that there was almost like a, you weren't mature enough at that stage yeah. to sort of get over that ego bit initially. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No. You know, and it's, it, and, and obviously now knowing you and knowing how you, your situation has developed, obviously that that's, that's something that's come with, with time and that's, that's amazing to see. So how yeah. was all of this then? Because again, you know, sort of, piecing the dots together and working at looking at this timeline, <laughs> you're basically now going through the same process with Scylla yeah. now, who's now in the earlier stages of yeah. her pregnancy with twins. Yeah. So was this making you more, obviously this is now a more serious relationship anyway, but are you now more determined to get that yeah, yeah, yeah. right there? Right. More than ever to the point mm. where I, I literally, it was a complete 360 of events, which is like unfair on Israel. But I'm so happy that I kind of was able to have that 360 and kind of like have a different mindset during this pregnancy. Um, so very early stages on, you know, when Silva was pregnant, I was at work, I was working full time. Um, but then I kind of got to a point where I hated my job. So I guess long story short, I actually ended up leaving my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke to Silla about it. She kind of like, I guess for her, going through what we were going through, she needed me to be at my best. And mentally, I was already going through everything I've explained. Plus I was working God knows how many hours a week at a job I didn't no longer enjoyed. So mixing all of those together, I just weren't the best person to be around at the time. Mm-hmm. So I remember having this clear conversation with Scylla and she was like, look, like, I'd rather you kind of left that situation, left work, find another job, you know, and get yourself mentally prepared for what you're going through and what is about to, you know, to happen. Mm-hmm. So I remember there was a period, I'm not sure, again, I'm not great with timelines, but it was a, the majority of the pregnancy, I actually um, was unemployed, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. So that was another tough thing. 
So I was kind of like freelancing, doing a few, few things here and there. But for the majority of it, I literally was at home with Silla the whole entire time. Mm. So I didn't miss any appointment. Hardly missed any appointments. Saw all of the morning sicknesses that she went through. Saw all of the vomiting she went through. Like I learned, like going to all the, the, the classes. And I think the whole time, what I could think about was making sure I get this part right because I didn't do so the first time. So I guess that's, again, another turning point where things started to fall into place and I kind of started to understand that, yeah, it is actually possible to step up now and just kind of try and make things happen, try and make things right. Um, So, yeah. Okay. And then how are you... At this point, you know, let's let's fast forward to the point where the, the twins have now arrived. Yeah. How are you balancing this dynamic now where you've got, you know, three children, two separate households, very, very close in age? Yeah. I mean, me just thinking about it and, and you sort of like knowing your situation, I must just think that must have been a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah. It was. It wasn't. <laughs> and but you, you from pretty much from the word go, you've you've kind of worked out a way of managing it all, though, haven't you? What was yeah, what was your what was your system? <laughs> so system was right. It was really simple. It was a really simple system. Really, 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 really simple system, and it was communication. Mm. Simple as that. I didn't know anything about parenting. I didn't know anything about co-parenting. Didn't know anything about being a good partner to anyone. All I did know was there was a lack of communication in my scenario growing up, which is what I believe was the root cause of a lot of the problems. Yeah. Right? So, for example, me being way too old and, you know, way too developed in my life to then figure out or being told that, oh, your siblings are, they, no, you guys don't share the same dad, by the way. Mm. It's like, and you couldn't have told me that from the get-go. Why? Mm. Stuff like that. So I, so f- for me, I remember just having a clear conversation with uh, my wife, Scylla, Scylla and Israel's mum, and us three just coming together. Mm. Uh, I still remember it now, if I'm correct, I think we had this meeting in Victoria, London, Victoria, in like a cafe, in like a coffee shop. I was like, look, I need everyone to come together to have a conversation. Mm. And, that, and that's kind of where things started from. So it was like, my biggest thing was I didn't want anyone, especially my, my no, especially Scylla, because now that's my long, you know, going to be my long-term partner. I didn't want her to feel, I wanted her to feel as comfortable in the scenario as she possibly could. And at the same time, Israel's mum, again, I know, I knew firsthand, I guess, what it looked like to be a single mum after my mum and dad kind of, kind of went their separate ways. So getting past what we had gone through I wanted to make sure that, again, she wasn't feeling anywhere near how my mum felt growing up. Yeah. So I just felt the only way to do that, I guess, was to bring everyone together to understand that we are literally, unfortunately, whether they like it or not, in this together. And we can, and, and the only way for this to work is if we kind of do this as a team. Yeah. I still remember that conversation vividly, yeah. <laughs> and was everyone on board? I, just, I, I, I would never know the answer to that it, deep down. <laughs> Yeah. top surface level yes I, I don't yeah. think ever anyone really had a choice because I guess at that point what had happened was I kind of like every conversation I would have with for example either Scylla or Israel's, uh, Israel's mum was the fact that any conversation that needs to take place nowadays is, is not about anyone's feeling unfortunately it's not about how I, I felt that I've been wrong done by or how you felt I've done you wrong it's about mm-hmm. Israel now and it's about Isaiah and Micah mm-hmm. so if that's the case we're going to have to unfortunately put feelings to the side, not ignore them, not suppress them, of course, not address them, but we, it, it, we have to prioritize these kids. Yeah. And I think everyone was on board with that from the very, from the very beginning. Yeah. And I guess that, you know, that's a very mature approach to things. I think, you know, sitting down at that stage, because I suppose, you know, if it hadn't been done at that stage, then, you know, I guess that is where emotions can fester, you know, yeah. habits can form, you know, people start, yeah, yeah. you know, I guess your time could have very easily been just now on your, you know, your, your new family. Yeah. And let, let, let me, let me not make it sound like that was what happened from the get go though. Cause that <laughs> way, we, the way you just, cause that's what happened though. <laughs> Cer- certain habits did start to happen. Right, like, for example, okay. every, every single time I picked up the phone to Israel's mum, we argued. 
Right. Okay. And I was just like, and it got to a point. I still, I, it's, I don't have a great memory, but I remember certain things vividly, and I remember having a conversation about uh, you know, with her, just explaining. I think it got. To, I think it started to get to a point where. I don't, it was just a click where I was just very open with my emotions nowadays. Mm-hmm. I, I weren't really trying to hide behind anger or fear. I was just like, look, I don't want to argue with you anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. I've literally just finished work, giving you a call to talk about Israel. But when we're arguing about something that is in the past mm-hmm. and all I wanted us to do is be able to crack on and be there for Israel. So if it's okay with yourself, when we get on the phone, unless we've stated otherwise, can we just keep to what's important here? which is mm. the well-being of the kids. Yeah. And I guess I, I, I could be paraphrasing there, but that's exactly how the conversation went initially. That's what kind of stopped the habits of me, for example, arguing and, and then getting to the point of being okay for all three of us to be in the same room together to then have that conversation. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. the I appreciate the honesty. You could yeah, because that, sound, that, sound, <laughs> nah, that sounded way too nice for how it actually went. <laughs> you, it sounded like a bit of a fairy tale with the way I Honestly, the way I put it across. No, no, um, no, no, no. But yeah, no, and, and I think anyone listening to this could, I mean, even me now, just trying to process how that must have all been worked. Oh. I don't think I can imagine it. So it's you know, but I think we can. I think we can all, to a degree, understand how complicated a scenario this could have been. Um, yeah absolutely and it still is it really still is but what stands out to me and and again this is because of you know coming to know you guys over the last year or so where you guys are at now yeah you have a very solid system all of yeah yeah, yeah. your boys are in each other's lives you know there's that you know it it, as an outsider looking in it looks yeah, as though yeah. you guys have managed to work work things out. Has that just been a case of, you know, just trial and error and working out different things? Yeah, 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 definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely started. It's tri- and we're still going through it now. We're still going through trial and error now. Um, the only thing we don't trial and error is the fact that the boys have to be, they have to be in each other's lives. There's not a trial and error thing about that. They have to be in each other's lives. But the co-parenting side of things is what I'm t- is more trial and error. So, I mean, like, it started off with things, for example, like me, maybe on a weekend or like a Saturday, going like leaving my household so leaving the twins and Scylla and then going to spend maybe the afternoon with Israel and his mum that's how we started off again I don't know how co-parenting works so we kind of thought that's what you do um and that was that was it had its pros and cons it was pros because of course I got to see Israel and his you know his his natural you know environment where he's happy his mum's there it's comfortable for him to kind of get used to me whilst you know he's still quite he's really young at this point so not leaving his mum um, the cons to that, as you can imagine, I'm leaving Scylla at home with the twins. Mm-hmm. She's more than capable of looking after the twins. So that's not the issue. It's more, you know, mentally, I, I still don't really understand how she even coped with that. Cause that's, that's, do you know, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. but, so we did that for a while. Um, and then as Israel got older, we started trying trying different things. So we went from me visiting him at his house and then we went to we found a mutual location where we could all come together, which was my mum's house. Right. Um, so we then started uh, meeting up at my mum's house um, and it would be a day of literally just all of us in one house, just getting along, as we mm. say, <laughs> just cracking on, just, I guess, like little small talk here and there <laughs> uh, between myself, uh, Israel's mum and Scylla. Um, but throughout this whole thing, of course, the boys, the boys are getting to know each other. The boys are getting on from their point of view, they're seeing exactly kind of what I want them to see, which is that, you know, this is a crazy dynamic, but trust me, we're mm-hmm. going to make this work sort of thing. Um, and then fast forward to the point where Israel now, as you, as you know, now we, Israel comes over, um, at the moment the routine that we've got is he comes over every two weeks, for example, mm-hmm. and you come over from Friday right up until Sunday. And then we just kind of do that. And then anything in between, we just as ad hoc. Yeah. Um, so just having some sort of, cemented thing in the diary because what we found is again I don't even know how co- I still don't know how co-parents is meant to work I don't even know if I'm doing it right and that's one thing that bugs me day in day out um, but without having anything actually cemented in the calendar it, it times would go past and I wouldn't see Israel for like a month Yeah, you know we'd be FaceTiming here and there and it's like this that was driving me crazy because that was kind of like feeding the fear in me of like what like, yeah, I was trying experience. to avoid. Yeah. yeah. So kind of going through all of those things and, and, and again, being open with my, my sort of um, my emotions at the time and just saying it to Scylla, like, look, like 
this is how I feel right now. I feel like I'm not doing right by X, Y, Z. Speaking to his mum and saying, look, I know what one thing I realized early on in 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 this in my journey is that that whole stepping up thing doesn't it doesn't stop. Yeah. The moment I sort of took my foot off the pedal, things fell things fell off. So like if I weren't, for example, requesting time with Israel, there was no way in hell, for example, his mum was going to be chasing me and saying, Hey, do you want to speak to Israel? Yeah. Um, so noticing that, because I you know in my head I kind of thought, well, we're all in this as a team sort of thing. But realistically, I guess as the I don't know. I don't know if it's in just in my scenario, but whenever I'm not pulling my weight, things don't seem to seem to go together, seem to gel. So yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. I I think for me, listening to that, it's almost this case of whatever everybody else is is going through or is thinking, you as the father yeah. have to, as you say, step up and, you know, kind of put your foot down and make those decisions and do it in yeah. a way that obviously doesn't alienate anyone and you've you've yeah, got a, yeah. you've got a huge t- you've got a huge task on your hands you know this is this is not Absolutely. a this is not a usual situation but as the dad it feels as though that responsibility really lies with Falls you. on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, to, I, I, again, I, I could be wrong. It may, you know, everyone else in the, in the scenario that might f- listen to this and be like, no, I you know it's I do X, but it generally feels that way. It feels like I have to not only make the decisions, but do so taken into consideration quite a few different human beings and different yeah. mindsets and different emotions all in one decision. So by me even, for example, just deciding to even caught FaceTime Israel on a random, on a, on a random afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's not just an innocent thing. I, you know, Scylla's absolutely fine with it, but I still do have to make sure she's aware of well, my actions and know I'm of about course. to FaceTime Israel, all of those things. But it's just, you know, it's just small things like that, kind of having to constantly make sure that everyone is on board with the decision I'm about to make mm-hmm. um, without making it, uh, before yeah. making it, sorry. Yeah. And I think, as you say, there's no rule book when it comes to co-parenting. And part of the reason I wanted to have these conversations was just because there are so many different dynamics. Like this is a, this is a podcast exclusive (laughs) in terms of, you know, this particular setup, but you know, we've spoken to other people who are co-parenting and there's some other guests that are are coming in the coming weeks that, you know, that's their situation. But everyone that I speak to in that scenario is things are, things are different. Um, Yeah. Okay. In terms of, where you guys are at now, obviously you're in a, a fantastic place. I've seen you together yeah, yeah. with all the boys and, and the family and, and everyone is, is doing really well, which is, is really, really commendable. Yeah. And do you think that, I mean, growing up for the, for the boys, I guess you're probably not going to have to have to sit them down as such, because I suppose it will be playing out to them. Do you think it'll be a lot clearer yeah. to them what's going on than it was for you growing uh, up? Because that's what I'm asking. 10 times, 10 times yeah. more clearer. And I, I think no matter how, so like I always feel this sense of guilt when it comes to co-parenting with Israel, because no matter how many times I see him mm. in a year or in a day or in a month, whatever it may be, it doesn't, it's, I've noticed it's not, it's never going to be the same yeah. as, as what the twins get, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but one thing I do pat myself in the back of, you know, I try and sort of give myself props there is that that what you just said there, I don't think there's gonna be a stage in their life when they're like, what what is what's what is this dynamic we've got going on here? But mm-hmm. they so the twins are four, they'll be five this year as well, six months difference. <laughs> uh, the boys the boys are uh, Israel is five this year. I kid you not, they I literally have actual conversations like this. I don't really yeah, parenting. I don't really do that kind of baby talk. I've never yeah. done it from the. I literally talk to the boys as if we were friends, like we were boys. Um, so they fully understand where Israel lives, who he yeah. lives with, why he lives there. Not to the extent of what happened with me and his mum, because that's of course you know, that, yeah. they're too young. But they understand that he has a mum over there, and he comes here to see his dad, which is also your dad. And yeah. you know, they understand it. They don't know anything different, unfortunately, uh, until mm-hmm. they probably get older and go into the world and then they can start comparing. And that's when I guess more questions might you know, occur. Um, but other than that, they all know, even Israel, Israel understands that when he comes here, you know, Scylla, the woman in the house, is, no, is not his mum. But we've kind of got to the stage where he kind of, you know, to a certain extent, still gives her that same respect as if she yeah. were. Yeah. yeah. And that's, 
again, a credit to you and the family setup and the, the way in which you operate. And I think, as I say, this has been a a, a different conversation just yeah. because of the, the dynamics. But what really just stands out and comes through to me is, you know, your desire to be a good father. And I've yeah, seen yeah. that firsthand, you know, people that follow you on Instagram can kind of see the stuff that you do. You and Sarah yeah. are doing amazing things in the, in the, the creative space. And I think that, you know, that's a testament. I know that hard work and that graft that you yeah, saw yeah. in your parents is important yeah. for you and your kids. 100%. Um, 100%. You know, I think we've had many a conversation about how we'll, you know, sort of try and raise our children to, to, to have appreciation and, and value for things. But yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing, you know, just your slice yeah. of, of fatherhood. Um, I yeah. feel like we, we, we could have, yeah, we could have, we could have done another hour <laughs> going, in, going into all that's, of the, that's, the To be fair, we spent the majority of, majority of the time, I guess, if you just explaining the foundations of it now and where, where we are now. And then I guess the rest is still to be, to be worked on so yeah. yeah i guess you know and that's that the foundations are actually important because i think that there's a lot to be said about a person's upbringing and how that shapes them you know either do you yeah, fall yeah. into those traps and continue a cycle or like you do you have that real determination just to break the cycle yeah 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 and get past it which is you know definitely what you're what you're doing before I let you go, I have to ask you the two questions that I ask all my guests. Okay. The first one being, if you were to look back at your time as a father, as a series of diary entries, are there any, is there a moment or any moments that stand out to you? Um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I'd say, yeah, to be fair, there's one, there's one, uh, one moment to be fair. Well, a, a series of moments, a series of moments. So can I give like two two answers? You can. They all, they you are, can. They're, they're very. They all, they're sort of wrapped up. But basically, the fact that I am very heavily involved in, for example, the boys' schooling mm -hmm. is what I don't know. I just there's this sense of proud. I have no idea why, but I do know because I I think there was a big absence. Um, in my as, as I mentioned, they worked quite hard. You know, when I was mm -hmm. young. So the other day, for example, um, the boys, the twins at their school, they had um father's uh, football match, right, and like. I remember like I went, I was in the office speaking to one of the receptionists in the office and she was telling me about it and she was actually struggling to get names. And I was like, where's the form? Literally, there was no names in the form. I was the first dad on the form. <laughs> like being, just, I guess being able to have the freedom because she, she was telling me about the time of the match and she was saying, oh, you're going to, you know, it might be tough because of work and just being in a position where I'm like, oh no, I, I work for myself. Like I will be here. Like mm. I will make sure, I don't care what's on, I will be here for the boys. That moment, I think, was very, it might sound tiny, but the fact that I was able to kind of step up and be there and like see how important it was for them as well was really, really key for me. And that was like a week ago. So yeah, mm. made me cry. That was actually quite emotional, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. Don't, don't get me yeah. started as well. But yeah, it's, it's, it's small. It's a small, I know it's a small thing. It's not really about the football match itself. It's the fact that, you know, I can, you I can literally be there. Be there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Man, <laughs> I, t oh. I tell you, there's something about when you become a parent, the the, the tears can just start flowing. Oh, God. I watched King Richard on the on the plane the other day, and I was just bawling my eyes out at the end. I Honestly, believe it. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a that's a definite diary moment. <laughs> and if if I can if I can get you if if you can get this one out, um, yeah. this is just a final closing question. Is there any dates or, or a date in the diary that you're looking forward to this year? Yeah, that one's an easy one for me. Um, I turn 30 in June, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that because I think um, for me, yeah, it's I, I guess growing up, everyone's kind of scared about turning 30. I don't know what it is, but all my friends seem to be scared of it and I literally <laughs> cannot wait. I feel yeah. like I've come such a long way from like the early teens and stuff. I can't wait to kind of step into this new new year of life and kind of celebrate that so yeah 30 in june we're going to go away as well without without the boys so <laughs> a holiday without the kids that's yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're you're, li you're living the dream Literally. But honestly, i know that you're going to have an amazing year ahead i, I know the, the you know the level of determination that you have um you know we've talked about the things that you want to do within your business yeah we'll obviously tag where people can find you etc so i'd really encourage everyone else to to follow that and i, I 
I genuinely just want to say thank you. You know, thank you for no, your, thank you. Your, your, your candor, your honesty, the, the emotion that's clearly come out, you know, towards the end of this conversation as well. Is, no, thank um, you, honestly. It's very touching. Uh, yeah, reliving all of that stuff. Yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. Honestly, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.